Hello friends, I'm Amanda Barr. And I'm Rebecca Lou Brennan, and welcome to Dance Principles United, the podcast. Together, we are passionate about helping studio owners with the business of running their studio. Join us as we talk everything from marketing systems, studio culture, motherhood, life, and everything in between. This is the Dance Principles United podcast. I have to get back in my seat today. Hello, how are you, friends? Happy Wednesday. We are so excited to be back in your ears for another Dance Principles United podcast. Hi, Beck. How are you, my love? I am super awesome. I'm so excited to be here as always with you, Amanda. Uh, it's a beautiful day. I've gone for my walk this morning. It's all happening. Ah, oh, so, so nice. We have, um, hope you've had a great couple of first weeks back in the studio. Um, I know it's been such a crazy busy time for so many people, but today we wanted to have a bit of a chat about different after school activities, right? Because in reality, um, for parents, whether they're choosing dance, basketball, um, you know, soccer, swimming, all of them are just after school activities. So they need to make a choice of which one they do. Yeah, totally agree. And, you know, I've got a little boy who is so not into dance at all, Amanda. He will not have a bar of it, as you know. Um, and so I've had to find other things for him to do. And I always look at those things and think about, you know, what we could bring to our dance studio that they bring to us or maybe what they're not doing great that we could be doing at our dance studio better. Um, And I love looking at businesses like that. We always talk to our tribe members and studio growth club members about this, like get when you go out, look at businesses, look at what service they're giving you, see what ideas you can get. Um, I know that you do that for sure, Amanda, and it just, it opens your mind, right? Oh, for sure. I love that so much because we can be inspired from businesses that are similar to ours, like, you know, a basketball or a swimming company. They are, you know, quite similar kind of companies. Or we can also be inspired from completely different companies. You know, um, I spoke at Tribe Intensive about my experience at Star Casino in Gold Coast, um, at the restaurants, at the on the casino, you know, even like the membership and all of that, because we can learn from all of those. Obviously, they're very different businesses to us at a very different scale to the kind of business we're running. But I feel like you can always learn from other businesses and like see inspiration and see what they're doing great and see what we can work on as well. Right, exactly. And so today, I wanted to talk about my experience with a business that is pretty similar to us and I decided to take Phoenix uh, to uh, basketball uh, this week and it was a very interesting oh, so journey. cute. Yeah. I mean, he's been asking... <laughs> That's so cute. So... He's been asking to do basketball since he watched Space Jam two years ago, right? So this has been a long time coming and he is so into it and he was so excited to do it. So he's been pestering, pestering, pestering. Um, And I finally, you know, being the slack mum that I am, have actually enrolled him into something. So um, yeah, very cute. Not at all. Oh, see, that's so funny, right? Because I watch Space Jam and just want to choreograph to it. And obviously he watches Space Jam and sees the basketball. So all I want to do is dance to those songs that are so good. So tell us a little bit about Phoenix first. Um, Why don't you give us everyone a little bit of a heads up about Phoenix so that they know a little bit about him? Yeah, sure. Uh, So Phoenix gets very overwhelmed by things very quickly. Um, He's pretty, like, he's quite 
good with sporty kind of stuff. He's pretty coordinated for a five-year-old. Um, he's just started kindy, so it's been a big week. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like all kindies mm. have had a big week, but it has been a big week. Oh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's him. He's, you know, pretty normal five-year-old in most ways, but does tend to get overwhelmed pretty quickly. Oh, so do so many little ones. So many of our dancers do as well, right? So tell us about the basketball. Uh, you know, tell us all about everything from when you booked in, how did all of that go? What about the website? You know, let us know about all the things. Yeah, so I looked it up. I called them because there was no opt-in in their website whatsoever to find out more info about it. It just sort of had a bit of a quick rundown. Um, and so I called them and then I they said – will email you the link. So they emailed me the link, which was a lot. Um, I felt of friction, you know, but he's really into it. So we went with it. Uh, and then straight away, I had to pay $150 for his equipment. Now that includes a shirt, a bag, a ball, um, a few other cute little things in there. Um, and I thought that was clever to start with Amanda. It's like packaging that up straight away for a parent. Mm. So it's like, you don't have to pick what outfit items you need here's exactly what you need here's a bag for them to bring their stuff in here's a water bottle here's it was just like a 150 dollar package and I thought that's clever actually for dance studios to do something oh, did, yeah. did, did you do something like that no, we never did, um, but I always kind of like played around with the idea because like you were saying, like parents get overwhelmed by decisions, right? So just having it sent to you and like I love that, you know, thing where it's sent to you before you even start so that they feel part of the team to start. It wasn't an option, obviously, that they ha- that they could have it, but just a here's your starter kit. Probably there's other things to buy and we could do that in our studios too, right? Like, you know, perhaps you do have lots of uniform options. Like I know most studios do. They have the long pants the crop top, the singlet, the leotard, the t-shirt, the everything. But perhaps there's like a basic welcome pack that's a great way for all your kids to start. That might be something that you could think about doing. Yeah, I loved that as an idea. And then it was another $150 for eight sessions. So I paid $300 upfront before I even Mm. walked in the door. Um, And I didn't think twice about it, to be honest with you. I didn't think, oh, I I don't want to pay that. I want to have a trial first. I want to... I just thought, okay, I'm enrolling him in basketball. That's what you do. And so I think sometimes we second guess that with parents as well. You know, we think that we've got to offer so many things. And I do a free trial at my school. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I just thought it's a different way of looking at it. That's like, here's your $300 package. Here's your term of lessons or whatever it might be. And here's your, uh, what they need to wear. Done. Mm. Yeah. And and that's so the way with sport, right? Like I enrolled uh, Gigi into soccer paid for the whole um, season up front. I didn't know if she liked soccer or not. She'd never played before, but she was committing to a team and she had to see the season out. So wasn't much of a choice. And that's pretty much how it is with a lot of sports, right? Yeah. And I th- I think we could take a lot from that really. Like I feel like that's an, an interesting perspective to have. So did all that um, and then he was so excited to go. Now I didn't get a return email saying, you know, here's what to expect, here's where to go, here's how to do all the things. It literally was just, you've registered your child, turn up on this day. And it just had the day and time that I'd registered him Mm. on. So he was super excited, you know, beside himself, got him dressed, took him over there. I've never been there before. 
So had absolutely no idea where I was going. And there's two entrances to this massive basketball stadium. So we actually walked into a karate class first and then we had to go around the whole other side of the stadium to get to the other side. And then I kind of stood in the waiting area for ages. There's like 10 basketball courts there. So I didn't, there was kids everywhere. I had no idea where I was going. And then I sort of Mm. asked someone, someone saw that I didn't know where I was going, who was clearly a coach. And he goes, it's in there. Is he for the little basketball? It's in there. Quite crankily to me. So that was sort of my first intro. And I was Mm. like, okay, just go with it. But, you know, it would have been really nice if I'd had someone at the front desk who'd said, hey, what are you in for? Oh, hi, Phoenix. Like just greeted us, met us, you know, taken us through. How important is that? Yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure. And, you know, I think, you know, obviously someone at the front desk, someone at the door, something like that would be the ideal situation. But even worst case, if not, you know, I know a lot of studios run out of, you know, uh, community halls or school halls or something like that. And perhaps they don't have the resources for a front desk person. But what can you do to combat it? Can you send a little video beforehand with where the entrance is or, you know, a text message on how to get in? Could you have a big sign, you know, or some flags? Like there's other ways to combat it too, right? 100%. And something as simple as in that email saying to me, um, you know, park around the back, walk through the front door and go straight through to the first court you see, that's where you'll find us. That would have been perfect. Mm. Um, but none of that. Yeah. So yeah, I totally agree. Just telling people what to expect when they first walk in is so, so important. Even things like, you know, maybe you've got not so great parking at your studio and just explaining that to people like it's best to park on the street because Mm. the parking can be allow more time yeah allow more time like yeah whatever it might need to be just giving them that heads up on that is super important um and so then we Mm. went in and i went up to what i thought was the desk i guess of and there was a very young instructor behind the desk um who then you know greeted us and said oh phoenix you're the one that i thought everybody knew was hello and was quite lovely to him and and everything um and then took him over with everyone so that part was fine um but everyone who was there sort of knew what they were doing except phoenix they'd obviously already been Mm. there before for a couple of weeks i think there was two new kids phoenix and another little boy and when he started everyone ran away from him to because they went to do what they needed to do and he lost it because no one actually told him what to do. So he just started crying mm. because he literally got left in the middle of these basketball courts by himself. And I, there was three coaches there. There was no reason for this. And I know we train our staff or in Tribe and Studio Growth Club so much about this, Amanda, but just making sure that someone's in charge of that new little person and having the, either a buddy or having a teacher with them so that they feel safe is so important. Mm. So, so important because so many little people get overwhelmed. Like I think sometimes we just think that they're going to jump and follow along with the rest of the class or whatever. But that first impressions count, right? That's what makes the ho- sets the whole ter- tone. And, you know, that child uh, might, you know, come on to be a student that stays with you for 15 years and become one of your teachers in our dance world. Or for you, Phoenix might end up being, you know, one of their best players um, and be a whole part of their uh, squad for a really long time. Um, But if he has a bad first impression and cries because he's five and overwhelmed and tired and all those things, they don't even get that chance to experience that whole journey with him. 
Exactly. And then that was it. He was really overwhelmed the whole rest of the time then, you know, scared to do things because he thought that he was going to get left alone. He had no idea what he was doing. The teacher um, said to me that she thought the problem was that I was sitting there watching, even though everyone else was sitting there watching, which was fine. I'm totally fine Mm. with that as a dance teacher. Obviously, I get it. So I I left for a little while. That didn't really help. He was, you know, super stressed out. Um, And I made him finish it, obviously, because that's what we do. And then at the end of it, no one came up to me and said, oh, he did really well or anything like that. You know, no one came and spoke to me about it. Everyone just kind of left. And then, which is fine, I guess I'd already enrolled. But then he said to me, I never want to do that again. And I said to him, well, mate, you are doing it again because we've paid for the term. So, you know, you're doing your eight sessions and that's the end of it. But now every single night, Amanda, and I haven't told you this, he says to me, please don't make me go to basketball. I hate basketball. I don't want to go to basketball tomorrow. So he's like already stressing about going the next week. So it's just like this thing that he was so excited about that could have been such an amazing experience was actually awful. Oh, the poor thing. And, you know, that could have been so easily turned around, whether that was just the coach at the end coming over and going, hey, I know it was a little bit scary this week, but next week we're going to do this and that and it's going to be better. Like it could have been literally a 30-second conversation and that might have turned it around for him. Exactly. And I think as studio owners, we need to think, one, are our staff trained well enough to know to do all of those things? Don't just expect that your staff know Mm. this. You know, the amount of staff training I've done and gone and done jump in, which I know I talk to you guys about all the time, but where staff members actually don't have any concept of what to do with a child who cries or doesn't want to do it or at the end of the class says, I hated the class, you know, what what would they do Mm. if if they came up and said, I hated the class? How do you react to that? And making sure that your staff are supported in that way and making sure that they feel confident to go and speak to those parents and reassure them and to help those kids through the class and let them enjoy it. Because if that had been turned around and he had got the support, I'm sure he would have loved it because he literally plays basketball at home Mm. all the time. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, absolute key what you just said. It's making sure you practice those scenarios with your staff, especially staff that teach younger students. Although, you know, in reality, this can happen with a 12-year-old too. We've all had that happen with a 12-year-old. You know, it might be different. They might not stand there and cry. They might, you know, get huffy or, you know, become a teenager on you or something like that. But we've all had that happen with kids of different ages. So it's practicing that with your staff, role-playing it with your staff, you know, going through, hey, what if a kid at the end of the class walked out and said, mum, I hate that, I'm never going to do it again. What's your response? Do you go, ah, and walk off? Or do you talk it through with the parent and the child together, you know, and what do you want to happen at your studio? So does every single one of your staff members know how to react or how to you know have that conversation in those situations what if the child you know just sits in the middle of the floor and cries the whole time have you practiced on how to deal with that because I think too often we just throw our teachers in and go here good luck you can teach a class without any training Yep, totally agree. And, you know, I'm so passionate about this, but it is actually, I've been talking a lot lately and thinking a lot about self-reflection. And, you know, I'm talking about this book, The Compound Effect, and that's one of the things he says is that as a leader, it always comes back to you and you have to self-reflect on how you can change it. So really at the end of the day, as a studio owner, we have to look at if something like that is happening in your studio, you have to look at yourself. It's actually not the teacher's fault. It's not your staff fault 
It's you who has to go, right, I need to train people better or I need to fix this or I need to somehow support this person more or whatever it might be. Um, I think self-reflecting and going, how can I fix the situation is definitely, you know, the best way to go. It's so easy for us to blame our staff. Like, I, I know that we do it all the time. I'm certainly guilty of it where you're like, oh, they're just lazy or they're this or that. Or how could they not know to not do that? But then sometimes I think we have to go, right, how can I fix this? How can I support them more? How can I train them better? Mm, most definitely. And I think too often as well we think, hey, I've told them how to do that once. Yeah. Why don't they know? Whereas in reality, it should be an ongoing thing. It should be something um, you do every single term because uh, techniques change. People forget, you know, just like, you know, we're not going to go into the class and teach the pirouette once, um, let them nail it and then say, yep, you've got that. You never need to practice it again. You know, it's the exact same thing that our teachers, no matter how inexperienced or experienced they are, they need that uh, constant training because we all need to keep our skills up. So, and they can, you know, learn from different people as well. So that's why it's so great to do, you know, your team training in a team environment because sometimes, you know, someone's going to react to it differently to how you would have thought to do it, even as the leader, but it's coming together and working together to learn from each other and work out what the best strategies are inside your classroom. Yeah. And those teachers who do it over and over again with you become your leaders. You know, my beautiful Mm. twins who've been with me for, I think, 12 or 13 years now, Amanda, have done jump in four Mm. times a year, every year since I've done staff training, which has been for about seven or eight years now in my school. And, you know, they, yeah, they know it. They know it inside out, back to front, but they're the ones who lead now. They're the ones who really help the juniors with what to do. You know, they're just a great support system in there and they they still learn sometimes from what juniors come out and say or what a new teacher maybe brings to the table so you can never stop learning with that stuff and I think like you said it's so important to just keep going over it yeah so jump in for those of you who don't know Beck is like a role-playing game right yeah, it's like a role-playing game and it's essentially just, you know, going down to your reception area if you have one and doing a walkthrough of when that client first comes in, that brand new client, to what they do in class, to what they do on the way out and closing the sale. And it's a game changer because, well, one, it's really fun. I mean, your staff get into it, they laugh, they pretend to be preschoolers, they run around and be crazy. So it is really a fun game, but also it just helps you to teach them with how you want them to speak to parents, what you want the process to be, how you want them to close that sale at the end. It's it's so important. You know, I, I say this all the time, but in any other industry, would you ever imagine that they wouldn't do this stuff, that they wouldn't train their staff how to talk to customers, you know? Places like McDonald's, it is so well set out for everyone, which is why you get the exact same experience Mm. every single time you go. They know and are taught exactly what to say to a customer from the second that you walk in. I guarantee you, we all know exactly what they're going to say right down to, you know, do you want fries with that, which we all get at the end of our order every time. So it's like they know what to say. They know what to do because they are trained so highly in that. And that's what we want. We want our clients to have the same experience too. Yeah, with every single staff member. I love that so much. So biggest takeaways from your first week at basketball, you mentioned um, the friction on the website. That was an issue to start with, right? 
Yes. I think not making someone call and then sending them an email because that's a lot. And I was committed to the cause, but honestly, the normal Beck would not have been committed to the cause and that would not have been seen through. (laughs) Yeah, I would have given up after the, even to have to call these days, I think is, is a lot. Yeah, for sure. Um, the other thing you mentioned was not knowing what to expect, where to go, uh, you know, what you were meant to do on that first thing. So how can you combat that in your studios? Exactly. And just giving them some sort of little, you know, guidance on what's going to happen when you get there. Mm, I love that. And thirdly, making sure your staff, your coaches, your teachers are trained well with how to deal with a child that might not be loving the class. Yeah. And a child that's just going to feel scared and overwhelmed when they first go into a class. This was a big class, Amanda. Like I'm talking there would have been probably 70 or 80 kids in there and three coaches. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's huge and it's a big age gap. So it was five to nine years. So, you know, Phoenix was in there with kids. Yeah, huge. And for someone who's in kindy Mm. and feels overwhelmed at the best of times that that's a lot for him and you know I think him there's so much they could have done to make him feel comfortable and look I'm being really harsh because the little coach that did actually end up you know helping him out was was really tentative to him and and really cute and I think he would have been about 13 or 14 so he was quite young but actually did give Phoenix and tried to give him some attention but Phoenix was done by then you know, he'd, yeah. <laughs> he'd had the horrible time. It was too late. It was too late. And that's the thing mm. with kids. You've just got that very short window of when they're happy and then when they're like, this is not for me. Oh, yeah. So many things to learn. And yeah. we would love to invite you to, you know, have a look around when you go to other activities you know, what's your experience like if you've got children and you take them to other activities? But if you don't, ask other people, you know, um, or have a look at their websites or call and make an inquiry. You know, not just, you know, our competitors in the dance world, you know, other industries as well. I think that's so important because I think it's actually more valuable. Most dance studios do things the same, right? You know, there's little little bits here and there, but most of us generally run our enrollment process, our trial class, like all of that, we generally do it the same. However, it's really interesting to look around at other activities and other like styles of businesses as well. So if you haven't done that before, you know, next time you walk into the retail shop, have a look, have a think about it and and go from there. Yeah, totally agree. Um, And guys, you know, just constantly looking at that customer service will help you with your customer service and training your staff in that is so imperative. Love that so much. Thank you, Beck, for sharing your experience with us. If you haven't already, Dance Teacher Expo tickets are on sale at the moment. Early bird tickets close 28th of February. We cannot wait to see you there. Can't wait, guys. Thanks. See you next week. (laughs) 